Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to a new format of the PR podcast where we look at the PR job market and we're going to be looking at that and discussing all things PR recruitment with Dean Connolly, who is founder and PR recruitment director at Latte. As I say, we'll be looking at all things PR recruitment, including some of the biggest moves we've seen recently and discussing some of the trends in the PR job market right now. Before we start, um, a quick plug. If you haven't taken a look already, do check out the Creative Moment Awards website. The early entry deadline is on Friday the 26th of May. So it's uh, it's coming up, isn't it? Um, you've got uh, until the back end of June for the final deadline. But that uh, that first early entry deadline where you get uh, a better rate, frankly, um, for your entries is on the 26th of May. And before we start again, just thanks so much to our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Dean, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben, thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. Um, so come on, in. That's just, this could be quite fun. What, what are some of the um, the biggest moves or people updates that you've seen uh, you've, you've seen recently? What's caught your eye? I've seen two that caught my eye. Um, one is uh, Naomi Walsh, who's an AD from Hunt & Gather that's just joined Roxanne Carla's new agency, um, The Herd. So it's interesting because that's her first employee. As many people know, Roxanne was a previous managing director at the Romans. Um, and the second one that caught my eye was uh, Rianne Robinson, who's been promoted to managing director at Batten Hall. Uh, she started as a senior account executive seven and a half years ago. So obviously had a pretty good run at the agency. Yeah, that is a that is a um a fast paced track, that one, isn't it? Um what have yeah. I seen? I saw Debbie it was news from Wildfire, wasn't it? Debbie Penton was um uh, I suppose promoted herself in a sense to chief executive officer at, at Wildfire. And there's, so there's a new management team there, uh, and a few changes at White Oaks as well, wasn't there? Haley Haley Goff is is now the new chief exec, um, and and James Kelleher has um, well has moved on to a, a non executive director role. Um, there's a few other bits and pieces um, going on in the market, but but what, how would you say is how is the sort of PR the overall sort of barometer? Where where are we? Is it is it busy out there at the moment, or is it is it are we sort of in a in an in between world? It's a good question. We're getting a lot of the PR agency leaders asking what we're seeing from a jobs perspective. And I think at the end of last year, start of this year, a lot of our MGs were worried that the new business leads were going to slow down. They were being a little bit more cautious in their hiring. But recently, the chats have changed and it kind of seems business as usual. I don't think the leads are coming in as thick and fast as what they were, but there's still a lot of growth and confidence. And we certainly haven't seen a slowdown in the hiring spree. Um, But we are very London centric in terms of our focus. Um, And it still definitely feels like a candidate driven market. But we have seen a plateau in terms of salaries uh, increasing. It's not really happening anymore. The last four months, it really seems that when a candidate's coming through and are asking for um, the salaries on jobs, they're not trying to negotiate higher. They're they're sitting within the bands that that agencies are offering. Right, which is interesting, you know, bearing in mind what's going on with inflation currently. Um, I guess Rishi Rishi Sunak will be pleased about that, but maybe maybe wage inflation is coming (laughs) a little bit. 
Maybe, yeah. I think the thing is, though, in I've been in uh, power recruitment for eight years now, and normally we saw very slow changes in salaries. The last two years, there's almost been a shift every six months on salaries increasing. So it needed to slow down at some point. And I think it's in the right place for uh, for candidates, especially at the junior level. You know, we, we didn't see salary movements at the AE level, it was always kind of 20 to 24K for the whole eight years, but inflation had still kept kept creeping up. Now, it, it, you'd be hard pressed to get an AE for 24K. It's almost starting at 26, 27K. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of agencies were worried about the increasing salaries because they weren't putting their service fees up. And that obviously is going to cause an issue on, in terms of the bottom line. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there was... You know, you talk to agencies about growth now, but in essence, if your cost, you're doing well if your costs are rising at ten percent, they're probably rising at fifteen percent. So, mm. you know, in, in effect, you to to grow your 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 business profits, you've got to be growing at twenty, almost twenty, fifteen, twenty percent, haven't you? Which is that takes some doing. So, it's, it, it, it with with people costs being that so dominant within that PR agency model, it really does put that con- that debate into some context, doesn't it? Or that situation, I should say, into some context. It's so important. Yeah, it does. And I think we've still seen a lot of the small to mid sized agencies who maybe don't have as strong a brand in the market have jobs open for up to six months. They really struggle to attract talent. And even when we get CVs across the line for them those candidates are getting multiple offers on the table. And I think that's been one of the other challenges in this recruitment market is you're a service-based business. You can't deliver a service or grow without team members. So how do you attract that talent has been uh, a really, I guess, pertinent question a lot of MDs have been asking. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a in a moment or two. Just when you say the recruitment market's pretty hot right now, I know you do a lot of work in brand and consumer so I, I guess you're saying yeah. that that is, but that's that that, that that's pretty um, pretty busy. Uh, I mean, my mm-hmm. sense is that that healthcare is always frantic. That is always going to be a, a. I think if I had my time again, I've said it before. I I, I try and be a health a healthcare <laughs> PR person <laughs> because you, you um you, you're always going to have a, a, a an offer or two coming your way, aren't you? Things like corporate as well. Is that is do you, is it busy across the board? Is what is what you is what we're saying? Is that is that where you're yeah you're it's- that. It's busy across the board. You're right with healthcare. It rides out the economic up and ups and downs because of the the lead time it takes to produce a new drug. So they're always. It's actually, I would say, healthcare is the most candidate short sector. It's so difficult to find talent in that and, space, and has always been. Right? I mean, it's just yes. it, it's 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 bonkers, really. But yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. But then across the board, yeah, everyone seems to be growing. And I and I I thought for a while tech was going to slow down because of all of the redundancies that were being made at the big tech companies. And we did see a pause for a little bit with some of our more tech and B2B agencies that have a few tech clients. But in general, I think what happened after the pandemic is everyone recognised the power and the need for PR more so than they did before the pandemic. I was surprised that every agency was growing it was almost like where are all of these brands coming from that now need pr support so i think the spotlight was shown on pr to really communicate your consumer and corporate message and really be seen as the professionals uh in being able to do that and manage what's going on in the media so i think that's why every sector in in pr has been doing well right and we should give to take the opportunity to give out a plug to our new top 
top 10 PR jobs um, that we, we've just launched together on, on PR Moment, haven't we? Um, and I was yeah. intrigued. There's there's a good variety of, of jobs on that. We only we, It's our, our first week um, this week. This week will be our second week, I should say, comes out on Friday. Um, and when you look at that, there's some there's some good jobs out there in the market, aren't there? You know, it's sometimes you look at it, it's all yeah. feels a bit stale. But no, there's there's some ones. Oh, yeah, that's that's a that's a nice juicy job. Yeah, you're spot on. I think one of the challenges is, especially on the jobs market, it, you're flooded with with roles. But when you really do some proper searching, um, you really find that there's some amazing opportunities out there. And I guess that's what's good about the PR moment top ten jobs is it's filtered to show the really kind of creme de la creme roles that that we're seeing in the market yeah but yeah there's a lot there's a lot of opportunities out there at great companies and agencies uh, if for anyone who hasn't seen it what we've what we've done is we've taken an editorial approach to it in essence so it's not it's not a list of the top jobs that are paid to be on the site it is the it, with, within reason because we want we want to give it we want to give it a breadth of the types of roles that are, that are out there um but it's the it's the jobs that, that we like the most um uh, and, and and thought were the most interesting jobs that are currently um out there in the market and, and we'll be refreshing that pretty much weekly um from now yeah. on um yeah you mentioned i mean i know you're pretty um london focused team but is your I get the feeling that it's it, there's a, a few different markets in the PR recruitment um, sector at the moment, and in in London is one of them, and outside of London mm-hmm. things look a bit different. Yeah, so I don't know how well versed I am to be able to speak on the market outside of London, but I do have some insight because we have had some PR agencies get in touch wanting us to recruit for um, roles outside of London, and we have. We, we've actually started to turn some of those roles down because they're so difficult to fill. Yeah. So I think it's probably, there's two sides to the story. The job market may be slower outside of London, but it's also probably 10 times harder to attract talent because there's just not as big a talent pool to, to fish from. Um, and so when we've had roles on the outskirts of London, that those positions become super difficult to attract talent for. Which has always intrigued yeah. me because you'd think that you could, you might have to take a bit of a wage, you know, you might not get that London wage, but you might, the idea is you get, you, you're, you probably won't have as long a commute. You might be living mm. in in a cheaper area to live or, or, or a nicer area to live, who knows? But so that would always be my theory, but they've always been tough positions to, um, and the same is true in publishing, by the way, to try and recruit in publishing, out, it's 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 difficult. So I do, I never quite worked out why that is the case, but it's just one of those anomalies, yeah. is it? I've got two thoughts on that. I think one is when you're outside of London, and um, look, don't ask me locations and geography; it's my my weak point. But well, I can ask you about Australian geography, presumably. But let's <laughs> no, I'm shocking at that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just in general, none of that. Right. Um, but I think when you're a regional agency. Uh, you need to be able to attract talent that's within an hour commute of your agency. So there's very few agencies that are surrounding you. Then what you've got to do if you want to attract talent out of London, yes, you're right, it's a London salary sometimes for a much uh, lower cost of living. But one, you've got to have someone from London that wants to move to that regional location. Um, And then two, the job's got to be right. There's There's a few criteria that need to be ticked. And hence, even though there's a large talent pool, you might you might only be able to attract one or two and then they might have multiple offers as well. Right. Um, just on a broader thought, talent wise, what what are the, the main drivers of people leaving agencies at the moment? 
So what's interesting about the reason for leaving, I think a lot of people think that salary is one of the top five reasons as to why someone's leaving. But we find when we're chatting to candidates, it's very rare that that's the motivator for them to, to leave an agency. So the, the core factors um, of why they're leaving the agency, it's a toxic work environment. It's uh, because of a poor work-life balance. They tend to be doing a lot of overtime. Um, a negative relationship with their line manager. Um, an uninspiring work portfolio or that they want to change in the portfolio of clients that they're working on. And then the final point is that they want to make sure that they're not indoctrinated within the agency's way of thinking. So they'll often do three or four agent, four years at an agency and say, all right, I've learned this style. I'm going to go over there to learn how they do it. And they're the main reasons um, why we see people leave an agency. Which, and that's sort of, it's forever been dust, right? I mean, none of that's, re- that's yeah. interesting because they, they are perfectly reasonable <laughs> reasons for leaving an agency, aren't they? Um, and sometimes yeah, there's not a lot exactly. of agency can do about that. I mean, that's, you know, that's just that's just the, 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 the story of a career sometimes, right? You're spot on, yeah. And I think um, it's interesting when you look at why someone will join your agency because then it, salary starts to rank a lot higher in terms of a deciding factor. But you you mentioned an interesting thing about an agency. There's not a lot that they can do, and you're right. And it's come, that that's where you question, should we make a counteroffer? And what's the effect of a counteroffer? And I think if you are only making a counteroffer and it's purely a salary-based thing, then you're putting a temporary Band-Aid and it's going to rock the boat. You've got a team member that's high, more highly paid than others. Yeah. If you can change the portfolio or you can listen and fix the issues with the culture, then you've got a chance of keeping someone. Yeah. Um, so, But that was interesting. So to, to, to keep someone, salary is not necessarily um, a driving factor in, in the success anyway. It might, 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 yeah. might buy you another six months, who knows. Um, but yeah. when you're recruiting, clearly salary is, is important. So, you know, I don't know, duvet days, drinks on drinks trolley on a Friday. We're all a bit over that now, are we? And it's it's more about paying people <laughs> a, a sensible salary. Yes. Yeah, I think we are over that. And even, I don't want to jump the gun on this, but I think even the entry-level talent that's coming through are valuing work-life balance more than the drinks trolley. But um, what I would say is that the reasons for leaving mirror the reasons for someone joining an agency. So if you're leaving somewhere that's toxic, on the top of your list is an agency that's got a good culture. But then what the deciding factor or the cherry on top for them to choose your agency over another offer will come down to salary. So it's still a multitude of factors, um, but the salary can often be the deciding thing that will tip it your way. Right. And do, um, I mean, culture is so hard to to know, isn't it, before you join? I mean, yes. Yes. I mean, when you're when people are interviewing, you put on your your, your best behaviour from a cultural perspective, don't you? Uh, I, mean, yeah. I don't think that's a PR specific issue, is it? That's that's just very often it's not quite what it said on the tin, right? You're spot on, and I think the challenge with that is, you know, you all hear you you hear things around around London of the agencies where it's horrible to work for, you know. It, and if you hear it three, four, five times, you kind of start to believe that it's true. But then you can still speak to a, a candidate from that agency that absolutely loves it. Yeah. And so it is um, 
you know, what is it horses for courses? It's, you know, each person and finding their home that fits. Yeah, I find, I, I, I struggle with that because you're so right. People do, don't they? Yeah. And you sort of hit, <laughs> I mean, people are not sitting on the fence quite often with this stuff. They really do give it, give it both barrels. And then you speak to someone else who quite likes it there and you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I always surprises me to the extent to which that, that is the case. Yeah, you're spot on. We've got, we just placed two candidates into this one agency uh, this is actually in Australia, and one candidate is not enjoying it, the other candidate's loving it. Right. So, and that's why it's in agencies. Yeah. Right. Um, and I guess that's why we, we don't all date the same people, do we? So that's, I guess that's that's, that's, that's what it comes down to in the end. Um, you talked about brand a moment ago. I mean, I've always been a little bit cynical about that, but I am I am renowned for being a little bit cynical. Uh, PR agency brands. I mean, there's it's quite. A, how much of it is bluff and how much of it is real, do you think? 100% real. Yeah. If if we have a PR agency that is getting trade media coverage and you're reading about them all the time and they have got a common thread of content on their social channels promoting their culture and their work, when we headhunt for that agency, we will get a much larger response compared to an agency that is unknown and has not been any in any of the trade media. Right. And sometimes it's to the point where, you know how there's agencies out there that have, that have got a lot of sex appeal. They've got the cool clients and the cool campaigns. We will have agencies that don't have cool clients or cool campaigns, but they're promoted the hell out of their culture. And they will attract talent way easier than some other agencies where you would say they've got some really sexy brands that they're working for. Oh. The so trouble, we're the thinking when a they, lot of... When they join them and the work's not very interesting. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, that, that's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you need them to go in eyes wide open. You know, what, what am I walking into? And then, But no, but that's really interesting. Different. So it, it does make a difference. And it, it, I, as in that sense, you're the, 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 the coal face of that. And you, if you've... If you're in the, you know, you've got a, if you've got, got a presence in trade media, you're winning awards, you're doing, um, you've got a B Corp, whatever else it might be, it, it makes a difference. Yes, 100%. And the reality is, you're in PR, you're telling, you know, the power of PR for your clients and how it works. Why the hell are you not doing it for yourself? The other thing that surprises me is there's so many bad websites out there, and there's only two people looking at your website potential talent and your clients. So it should be up to date with, your best work and your culture yeah i always think most most PR agencies websites are just sort of smog as board of compromise if you know what i mean because everyone's <laughs> yeah. on it uh, and yeah, so by, that's true. by the time it gets signed off it's just like just just do it no one you know it's just um, <laughs> yeah um and just finally then pr recruitment how do firms get it wrong as in um, agencies in-house teams you talked a bit about brand there but i suppose the, more about the process actually um yeah it's, it's about it is a process of momentum isn't it and it can lose momentum very easily yes i think there's three key areas where uh hiring managers get it wrong and one is they forget that the candidate is assessing them as well so they go into the interview and they're only wanting to be impressed by the candidate and they forget that they need to sell the dream and the vision of the business and why they should join the agency so they lose talent from that perspective the second thing is hiring managers rarely prepare for their interviews. So they have their three or four questions. They get stumped halfway through and then they just blather their way through the rest. And often we get feedback where like, mm, we like the candidate, but they didn't have this experience. And then the candidate says, I was never asked those questions. So a lot of assumptions are being made. So 
they need to prep. Um, and then it's thirdly, mad, isn't it? I mean, it's um, just bonkers that people don't event. prep. I mean, it, it doesn't. You don't need to prep for that long. But you know, ten minutes just right. work, just working out. Just mad that you don't do that. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's. Pro- I would say that's the biggest reason we of things that we have to manage, and we have to almost encourage a client to see a candidate for a second stage, and then help them prepare better questions so they actually have a fruitful interview. It's it's a waste of everyone's time when they don't. Well, that, do that's what I was going to say to you. I mean, it must it must send you mad because you you've worked hard to get the, the right a, a, a decent candidate in. It's not easy yeah. running candidates, and then. And then they don't do their bit. But yeah, that that is yeah. what you're saying. What, what what other stuff is um do they get wrong? Well, actually, on that point as well, Ben, they I think people forget a candidate's had an interview with the recruiter, they've done their research, they've taken time out of their day to interview with you. So if they go and they feel like you you're just half-assing it, then it, it doesn't reflect properly on your employee brand. And then they go tell their five PR friends as well. Yeah. Right. Um the third thing is uh I think there's there's a few hiring managers out there that can make a candidate feel uncomfortable from the outset. So the first question off the bat is, why do you want to work here? And it just, it puts things into the wrong perspective. And, and the feedback we often get is, well, we don't think that that candidate would do very well in, one of our, in front of our tough client. But they need to remember, an interview is a different dynamic. When you're in PR, you're being paid to consult with your client. But a candidate feels it's quite rude to provide feedback and consult with a with the person that's interviewing them. Totally different dynamic. So don't assess a candidate's ability to manage a client based on how they're dealing with your tough interview style. It's they're two different scenarios. Yeah, it doesn't matter what context you're in or where you are in the world. Arrogance isn't doesn't look cool, does it? Um, it's, just, no. it's it's not a good look. <laughs> Um, yeah, Dean, Dean, thank you very much. Um, we're going to do these um, with infrequent regularity, aren't we? I think that's our plan. Um, yeah. And if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed this, guys, do take a look at um, those that um, top PR jobs post, which just says updated on pyramid.com. It's on the homepage um, every Friday. Um, Dean, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.